This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is your typical radio ad while eating a Crunch Bar. This is Automatic of Auto's Used Cars. This weekend only, we're having a whale. Bring the kids. See for yourself. It is huge. Gonna make a big splash. No other dealer can say they have a whale like this. When things sound dull, turn up the fun with Crunch. Welcome to Random Movie Generator with myself, David L. and David Edwards. Hello, people. Thank you for your uh, your time for us to whisper some movie info into your little earbuds, into your little uh, uh, acoustic chambers, which are called your ears. Uh, if you're if you're thinking we feel a little bit. Um uh, distracted because our Wi-Fi dropped out, didn't it, Dave? Oh, and Just in modern now. days, Sorry. that's a mini version of an apocalypse. No internet. It's like, dear God, you know, all lines have been cut, all lines of communication, but hopefully we're back in action. Yes, we are back. And David, it is movie time. Oh, How are you feeling? Um, I'm ready. I'm, I'm like a a motorbike throttling through the streets, getting ready to interact. Threatening. Uh, throttling is it throttling throttling what does a what does a mo- what does a motorbike do it um you've got the throttle you put that into maximum speed and you th- and you throttle you throttle <laughs> through the streets of uh, of hollywood basically yeah lovely leaving a um screech of uh, fire behind you that's how i'm feeling that's that's the symbolism of my energy levels this morning so did you watch any movies and by the way thank you so much everyone for uh, jumping onto youtube and oh just to let you know we have an instagram and a twitter and a tiktok goodness me we are entering into the new era of social media yeah we are the holy trilogy tiktok instagram and twitter dear me yeah how's that make you feel very modern, very Taylor Swift esque, which, as you know, is That's what I'm aspiring to. Episode running. I know. She's I need been... to stop talking about, it, but she is very much the uh, the mistress of zeitgeist at the moment, isn't she? She's very much in the now. She's 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 the lady to aspire to if you want to be a media entrepreneur, which I do. Okay, so um, what movie did you watch last night? Did you watch a movie last night? And did you leave the cinema feeling wonderful? I, I, the last night I watched Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 
Did you? Absolutely. The new Tom Cruise MI summer blockbuster. And um, I would say I was entertained. It was a lot better than last week's film, Pixar's Elemental. Give I, I will review. do, Captain. I certainly will do. Did you go with Ryan? I certainly did. My um, movie amigo. Surely when you go and see Mission Impossible, you are, you got a spring in your step. Oh, absolutely. Like Tigger in the early Winnie the Pooh films. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely just sort of bounding through the front door. What, um, at what point on a Friday, when you know you're going to the cinema on a Friday evening, at what point on the Friday are you at your happiest? I think Friday morning, with when it's Mr. Cruise on the way, it's a big old film. It's been hyped for a long old time. So I Does think that I, carry you through the working day? Are you like, oh, I'm just skipping through this day? I think I have moments where I'm sort of forgetting about it and then suddenly it pops back into my head sort of thing. It's Friday. So I'd think usually it'd be three or four o'clock late afternoon. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's on its way. You know, I can smell that popcorn. Even though it's several miles away, my brain is producing popcorn smells in my nostrils. But I'd say with old uh, Mission Impossible... Do you have popcorn? Um, I don't. But I have that smell as I wander into the foyer, that wasp, that wasp, that waft <laughs> that comes into my head. Wasp. And um, I don't know why I've stopped having popcorn. It's interesting you said that. It's like, I yeah, like when popcorn. did I stop? Oh, I bloody do as well. I don't quite know why I've... Um, I think it's the price, isn't it? But then again, I could buy some cheap popcorn and go in. Unknowingly, I've become distracted by it. Having said that, Cineworld have done uh, of doing amazing ice cream sundaes, and I bumped into a bloke in the corridor as I came out the toilet. And you know, you have um, is it food jealousy, hunger, um, whatever? Food envy. Food envy. That's the word. And I had some serious food envy. Then I gave him a. Re- you gave him a look. Just like you know, I want your ice cream. The caveman in me came out. Why didn't you buy some? Um, because I was in the middle of the film. I had to sprint out for a urine, um, uh, what would you call it? Uh, parcel uh, extraction. Expulsion. Expulsion, I would say. And um, (laughs) I I couldn't, you know, uh, suddenly start uh, doing a a transaction over a counter for for ice cream. But I was like, next week I'm having one of those mummers. Are you really going to have one of those? It was an ice cream um, Everest situation. It was like a mountain of sugar, and it looks incredible. How tall is it? I would say it's from my... If I was pointing up to the ceiling, it's from my fingernail, index finger, all all the way to... Well, not my wrist. That's ridiculous. Hovering above my wrist, hovering above my wrist to the top of my finger. So the length of your hand? Yeah, the length of it, that would be a quicker way of describing it. Length of my hand. And it had a lot of chocolate that, uh, sauce on top of it, which had frozen. I, I really had gazed at this man's ice cream. And he was a bit like, you know, do I know you, mate? I was like, no, but I'm going to get to know your ice cream next week. Did he know you were looking at him then? Um, I think, yeah, yeah, we had a proper eye contact, eyeball o eyeball sort of moment. But my main focus was the ice cream. And when would you eat the ice cream during the film? Is that's that the problem. You see, that's, that's tricky. Absolutely, and then it's gone by the trailer. By the time you've done the trailers, it's gone. I spill most of it all over my clothes because obviously it's a dark cinema. It doesn't quite work. It seems like a an erotic experience promised you in the foyer, but when you get in and you actually get down to the nuts and bolts, it doesn't really work. So what did you take in last night? 
what did I did take in was um, uh, 20 McNuggets. Simple as that. 20 McNuggets? The thing is, it's £5. It's £4.50. It's £4.50 for whole chicken. I didn't have all of them. Some of them are in my fridge right now. Because there's, there's only too much of a good thing. How many did you have? I had about um, 10. With lots of dip. I've involved. never had a McNugget. Are they good? You've never had a McNugget? No. I don't know if that's possible. You must have had one without knowing it. Oh, maybe. But I just never think about having chicken. If I'm I, having I a think economically, it just it's just ridiculous in the sense that it's... It's something like eight for four pounds fifty. Think of the life of that chicken. I know it's it's it's, it's a crime. It is a crime, but it's one that I seem to be able to. Well, you know, if the police don't turn up and there aren't any sirens, you're going to carry on doing it, aren't you? It's as simple as that. But it is a crime. I mean, it's an entire chicken. But I mean, and it's, it's been like stuffed into a cage with probably another twenty chickens. They can't breathe. I've never thought of it like that. You're quite right with the little beak being pushed through the, the metal uh, cage. I mean, um, yeah, it's pretty... Is it that bad? Is McDonald's that bad in what they're doing? I mean, is it that unhealthy, the way they, they're growing their chickens? I'll have to Google it. But yeah, you've you've you've, t- you've certainly tainted the, the McNugget experience for me McDonald's there. McDonald's chicken rearing. Does McDonald's treat their chickens well? McDonald's works with suppliers that selectively breed chickens to accelerate their growth process, essentially making it easier to fatten them up for meat. This unnatural growth is extremely harmful to chickens. Firstly, many chickens form leg deformities and are not able to walk properly. That's pretty... Well, first of all, no wonder it's only like 90p extra for 20 McNuggets because obviously they're, they're filling them with um, pills to... How does it make their growth quicker then? So you're looking at like a baby chicken that's turned into the body of a middle-aged man. So this chicken is is basically still very young, but they've it takes a drug and then it just sort of like... It growth spurts out the blue. Bloody hell, mate. I'm seeing a... A photo of McDonald's chickens. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, you know, it's got to be said, I was wondering why. Oh, my God. Flipping it. Sorry, everybody, for turning around a movie generator into this, but you got to go with where you're feeling. Oh, you? God, yeah, you've got to turn the corner if, uh, if there's a chicken in distress. Do you want to see it or not? That's I think I'd better. I'm probably going to be off McNuggets now. I've, I've still got eight of them in my fridge. Am I going to eat them after this? Probably not. I think you probably will. Well, I hope not. I hope I've got a soul, but we'll find out in a second. Share the photo. Is it in the chat? Um, it, yeah, it's in the, it's in the Zoom chat. It's buffering. Oh, my God. Oh my lord! Is that actual McDonald's? I mean, we've got to. This is supposed to be like a um, uh, an audio medium podcast. So I'm trying to think how. What can we do? Describe it. It's just an enormous conveyor belt of just white chickens. It looks like it's a mile, a mile long. Apps. It looks like chicken hell, basically. Well, anyone's version of it. Well, it looks like a genocide. It's as simple as that. 
that we we eat at the end of it, it yeah this could turn you vegetarian anyway. that is oh yeah which i eat don't try and spread the blame edwards um that is pretty horrific that can't be allowed where do they do this then in in, in a back alley in mexico or something steady absolutely that's a bit um a bit prejudiced towards our mexican friends but that is just um could you imagine waking up in that thinking oh god i've got someone's wing in my ear and someone's beak up my behind there's just there's just no room for self-expression there is there you're just in a complete feathered nightmare yeah it's um so anyway you had 20 chicken but <laughs> Yeah, which is nothing. I'd say 20... <laughs> Genuinely, David, when you go into McDonald's of... next, I mean, you know, uh, uh, what, are you going to get McNuggets? I think you probably will if you're hungry. I probably won't after that. That is a sea of mayhem. That is a disaster. I, I, I can't believe that's allowed. But then again, I'll get a burger and what do they do to the cows? They're probably stuffed in filing cabinets. I'm amazed that it's even allowed, really. Having said that, though, we don't get our chickens from America. Hopefully, the European ones that I eat are perhaps a bit more humane. Um, quite a shocker. It's got to be said. Quite a shocker indeed. I think you need to go back to your poppy cornos. Absolutely. I'm trying to think why I even left popcorn behind. Um, and I went to the McDonald's region. I'm trying to get your face back. Uh, trying to get my face back yeah in the sense that I've just got chickens on my screen now a massive sea of genocide feathered chickens and I'm trying to actually work out how does one get back to um, uh, your face and I'm I'm slightly um, uh, how would I do that sorry mate we've really gone off topic here no no it's my fault for focusing on chicken McNuggets Uh, how do I get you back on I don't know Um, what you've done. uh, I mean, I can hear you, so we can still hear me. So, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. May I say, our, our friend Chris absolutely loved it over to you david yeah it's got to be said that you know i'm very much in the minority in the sense that um i'm not saying it's a poor film it's a good film but i just don't feel it quite it meets the absolute hype i mean i looked at mark commode's um review recently and he was beside himself he was very much like your friend chris in the and sense your friend and my well i'd like to see that as the case you know what i mean if we're now officially friends I'm going to do a cartwheel if that's the case. But it's um, it's a case of, uh, yeah, Camo was just like, he said it's the most ex- some of the most exciting action sequences he's ever seen. That's what Chris said, I think. I would say, yes, the finale involving a train, I won't do any spoilers, does have some very exciting moments. Chris mentioned that. He said the train bit, you're just like, I, he said, I cannot believe they're doing this. I mean, does that it, make sense to you? Well, when they're fighting on top of the train, I would say I've seen all this before in previous films. Films like Skyfall, 
um, even octopusy, if you can believe it. But when the train um, comes to the end of the line, I'm not going to do any spoilers, it always had a Poseidon Adventure Titanic vibe to it, which was unexpected. And I was like, yes, this is good. I wouldn't say the entire train sequence. Um, but then again, I'm very much in the minority. Every reviewer has loved this film. But I would say there was just a few... I like that you're standing on your own saying, no, not good enough. Well, it's kind of you to say, and I'm not being entirely critical, because as I say, when it's not just fighting on top of a train and it's more about surviving because the train's hit the end of its tracks, it almost had a Titanic vibe with him and the female lead. Um, I can't remember her name. Yeah, it's um, Hayley Atwell, who's very good in it, by the way. It's Hayley Atwell, Tom Cruise. It's almost got a Rose and Jack vibe as they're trying to survive, a sort of Poseidon adventure feel, which is um, really good. I mean, one thing... David, I've... can I say something just before you crack on? Please. Alistair Satchel, welcome in the... Uh, he's watching live on YouTube. I love, love it. So good to hear when Mr. Edwards goes against the popular grain kind of you to say very kind but i don't want to um take people away and misdirect people away from this you know very enjoyable action romp type of thing um because i think people get a lot out of it but i don't know the hype can sometimes be too intense it's got like 96 percent of rotten tomatoes and also chris's taste i i 100 respect i mean this is a man who has an understanding of script writing and cinema and all those different elements. But one thing I would say definitely tarnished it for me was that um, the motorbike stunt they showed on YouTube several months ago. I mean, that's how he gets on the train. He obviously drives, you know, he hurdles off the top of a mountain on his bike and he hits his parachute to get on the train. And I thought, right, YouTube have given us a taster. YouTube have told, shown us the entire thing. If you've seen that bike stunt on YouTube, you've seen it. And it just confuses me why they just revealed the whole thing. It's social media marketing. It's not confusing. But you would have thought they'd have held a bit back. But it's like, no, you've experienced that but on your mobile phone. I found that a little confusing. And also, I think I'd have had longer one-shot takes to really show that Tom Cruise did it. I'd have done the whole thing in one take because you can do because one man did it. There's no CGI involved, but you do cut the different vantage points very early on within the sequence. But um, perhaps I am nitpicking a little there. You are being Nicholas Nitpicker. Absolutely. I am. Being what does a- Nicholas Nitpicker sound like? Well, it was all right. I guess he did his own stunt, but you know... It, there was a bit of fog every now and then. I'd like to have seen Tom's face. It's all right, but they could have done a bit more effort. And, you know, I did have to park in the car park and wander through the car park, and then it was quite busy, and I was just expecting a bit more. You know, I was like, it kept me entertained, but I, I didn't literally have electric shocks coming out my toes and my, and my nostrils and my fingertips. Do you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It wasn't a religious experience. Yeah, it didn't no. feel like Jesus had returned, but it was all right, I guess. It was all right, but... Yeah, that's how I can he, feel. Can he do that over his shoulder? And it was all right, but... It was all right, but... <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, if you're going to do it, do it properly. If you're going to do it, get involved. Can you do it one more time? 
Yeah, it was all right, but... <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't want 95%, I want 105 Do you know what I mean? Get involved, people. I love Nicholas Nitpicker. That's how I felt, like... I just felt like a Nicholas Nick picker. I was like, Dave, get involved. LA, Hollywood, Rotten Tomato, the film community are really behind this, except one six foot four blonde headed man. Why can't you just get involved and enjoy life? That's, that's, I've only, how many Mission Impossibles have there been? This is number seven, numero. I've watched one. Which one was it? The first one? The first one. Well, there you you go. I really enjoyed it. Yes, I enjoyed the first one. Can I watch them? sort of isolated do i have to watch them in order now well i'd be very interested in your reaction to it the rest of human civilization love it except one man me i don't dislike it i just think it's overhyped i mean one thing is what is very interesting is how they um they write it whilst they make it and i Mm. mean a man yourself who writes scripts you must find that incredible that's the case and the thing is when they have exposition scenes and they discuss what's happening with the plot you can tell that they've got these really tight close-ups on people's faces because a lot of the time they're not filming it in the room together they are literally filming it just like a puzzle and chris mcquarrie has literally said this that they focus on the set pieces the stunts and then they start putting a plot together and it's just, and you can see it with the actual dialogue scenes that no one's in a room together. They are right, literally these close ups of shot reverse shots. And Amazing. considering they are writing it whilst filming it, it's yeah. actually quite impressive, the plot. Yeah. But you, you follow it because. David, it's, movie, it's movies like this that are keeping cinemas going. This is true. Absolutely. Yes. You said it's got to be an experience. That's the reason yeah. you're going. Yeah. Hundred, hundred percent. A little bit more supportive, maybe. Yeah, I should be more supportive because without Tom Cruise, cinema R.I.P. It ain't going to keep on going. Yeah. I mean, one other. It thing, was all right, but but this was one thing I would say is it was probably fifty minutes in until you get your first set piece. There was a bit of cat and mouse chasing and, and running around in an airport and a bit of a shootout in a desert. But I'd have thought the action... i tell you what, I'm, I'm going back into Nicholas Nitpicker again. But I would well, say... Well, um, Well, I would say to you, I love the carriages as they were slipping off the side of the mountain. That did have electric bolts coming through my fingertips. But I would have liked a little bit of that, perhaps in Act 2. Just a little sprinkle of that. You know what I mean? When you have an electric shock going up your spine and you go, ooh, I didn't go, ooh, until two hours in. It's a bit Russell Brandy, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know where it's going, really. No, it's I like really, it. You know, I absolutely like David, it's... right. Come on, here we go. So this is your review. This is where you get to um, rate uh, the movie. So how many chock ices out of five are you going to give the new Mission Impossible movie? 3.5 out of 5. Is there anyone in the YouTube chat who has seen it? And what are their views of 3.5? Oh, I don't know if they've seen it. I don't know. It would be quite interesting because that is very much... Um, if I said that to Empire Magazine, if I was a writer and I'd say I'm going to give it 3.5, I think they would look at me and thinking, I don't think so, Dave. The rest of the world loves this film. You can't go against the grind. I'll tell you one thing. If I was 13 years old, there would have been moments during that film where I'd been confused and a bit bored. Right. I'm glad you're not, because that'd be weird, me doing the pod with you. 
what, as a 13-year-old. Yeah. Could, I, I know it's crazy. I mean, with AI, we can make it possible. We could sort out my my um, my Adam's apple so I spoke like a child and uh, I looked like a child as well. Mm. Reality could be changed. Well, thank you so much, David, for this week's... What should we call this section? Because the first section is going to be you reviewing the latest. What should we call this first section? Um, uh, new and bold. That doesn't work. Uh, f- fresh from the... Um, microwave you can tell that i wouldn't be good for a marketing team sarchi and sarchi latest latest this week's latest movie review absolutely say what it is for crying out loud it is it is that latest movie review david edwards movie news So, David, have you got any movie news this week? Well, it is all about the actor strike, because as we're saying, Hollywood has now turned into a barren wasteland of nothing. Do you know what I mean? It really is. There's, there's no one making any film. Because you've got the writer's strike, now you've got the actor's strike. Because Netflix boasted, you know, we don't care about the writer's strike. We got all our scripts written before they striked. But now, if you ain't got actors, Captain... You are looking. No one can you film anything. If you haven't got actors, don't talk like a Cockney pirate, Dave. Talk like the man you are. Um, if you uh, if you haven't got actors, uh, you well nothing's happening. So you've basically got tumbleweed wandering down is the it, middle of LA is, Street. Are you serious? It's it's a tumbleweed situation. Oh, now, you right? can't you can't even promote films. I think basically they say that you can do some theatre and you can do some TV commercials. But then that, I mean, Fox have released what they're planning to film in the autumn and they're focusing primarily on animation and reality TV. There's no use doing anything else. And also Bob Iger, who is the CEO of Disney, he's usually very talent friendly and a very PR, you know, he's a very open family chap. And he's gone really into attack mode towards the actors. And they say, if Bob Iger's not going to shift, this could go on for months. They're quite shocked by his reaction, the Disney CEO. He's a lot more open, like, come on, let's relax, let's chat about this. So what, it, what's what's motivating all this again, David? Well, primarily it's um, <clears throat> residuals. The idea that with Netflix, actors aren't getting royalties, which is problematic. And as Matt Damon's pointed out, you need to be making $26,000 to get your health insurance paid. So that's a big element. With Netflix, you just get a, a paycheck up front. You don't get royalties later down. And the other big element, once again, is AI, artificial intelligence. And the idea that basically studios were saying to lower rung actors that um, we will pay if you if you want your face in the background of a shot, we will scan it and we will pay you for one day's work. But then we'll own the copyright of your face. And actors weren't impressed by that, understandably. So they are the big, big factors. And also... um, it's the element that Netflix now are making these big budget dramas that are five or 10 episodes where back in the day they were making 22 episodes a series and Netflix is saying, well, it's not our fault. That's the way, you know, the, the actual industry is now gone, but it's a big thing of no, no royalty checks and the threat of AI. They are what the big, thoughts, big factors. David? What are your thoughts? Whose side are you on? 
Well, certainly the idea that, you know, um, someone scanning your face, giving you one day's work as just an extra and then them saying we own your face i mean that's crazy that's very unrealistic suckard says you need to get the residuals to become disgustingly rich very true but i mean even with residual yeah, you do need that to get disgustingly rich. i mean like friends and seinfeld that they, they still get money now today because with netflix it's a case of they don't sell it to other countries they're not going to sell it to channel four it just stays with netflix and they keep all their data secretly secret like any tech company so no one really knows how well the uh tv shows have done so they don't want to share that information if they do then you'd start looking at residuals basically simple as that if that makes sense this is Big news on the Random Movie Generator podcast, David. Oh, yes, it is. It's, it's massive news, this and it could go on for months. This could destroy us. Oh, it could do massively. Well, Blade 2, Blade has stopped filming, Gladiator 2 has stopped filming, Stranger Things. You will get a massive ruck of these films not appearing and being very, very late, and you'll get a lot more animation because that's different with that type of acting animation. Uh, for some reason, animation, some TV commercials and theatres, they'll be able to actually do. Um, but ultimately, and a lot more reality TV will appear, a lot more reality TV. So, yeah, it'll be a massive change in the content we're viewing, massively. Are you losing your voice? I am, bizarrely. I don't know why. <laughs> or I'm getting emotional for the actors. I was like, everything all right? I know, it's like... There you go. A bit of sip of liquid there. That should be fine. Fantastic. So, David, any more new movie news? I guess that dominates the... Uh... That does dominate the landscape. I mean, one thing that's um, quite interesting is um, talking about IP with uh, intellectual properties and how Hollywood more and more is mining um, new brands all the time. And it was... Um, revealed that Mattel are obviously turning Barbie into a film, but there's loads of other IP they're trying to turn into a film, turn to films. And a lot of people are being very critical about that, the way that new original ideas aren't being focused on and how Hollywood just want to focus on already pre-existing brands because they're easier to sell and market. And there's a load here they're focusing on. Alice? Did Alice pass that? Alice pass over. Alice, thank you. I realise you're there. Um, but, uh, you know, try not to put your hand near the actual Zoom camera because it breaks the illusion of one man's film intellect. But, yeah, Alice, the, um, the six-foot-three German exchange student, is beside me coming up with information. Not even looking at her when you say I am. Eyeball, Alice, eyeball, eyeball, please. Let's make some connections there. My voice has come back now. Now we've left the uh, the writer's strike. I was getting quite yeah. emotional about that. But yeah. nothing's happening. No writers, no actors. No, no. And, and as you rightly mentioned um, to me, um, Cillian Murphy and... Uh, yeah. They, 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 who was it? Emily Blunt. I can't remember. Yes. Um, they left the Oppenheimer um, premiere, didn't they? Right. Halfway that through, YouTube or something. Um, well, you mentioned it to me. You could sell. Yeah, no, no. I just wonder if there's. But any, no, no, no. There's they a, have no. mentioned that they they right were on strike and they got up in their tuxedos and ball gown and they wandered out. You know, solidarity. They're good people. Uh, basically, this is the next Mattel. Um, Mattel are the toy manufacturers. And guess uh, who? Yeah, did they do guess who? I don't know who's who's the lady that you fancied on guess who. 
Um, that was years ago we spoke about that. I've forgotten about that. I think it was Have Cheryl. We yeah, guess who? We, we spoke oh, about like Marie, some... I think. Oh, did you? Really? Yeah. Goodness me. What was it about Marie that... But isn't the idea that you create your own woman within that, in the sense that, you know, no, you create so, your own eyes? You flick, flick them down. Flick them down. Oh, right, it is that. Yes, guess sorry. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's a while since I played that. For some reason, Cheryl's on my mind. She had like a sort of curly blonde hair bob, and she used to turn my head. Mm. So I mean, there you go. But with Mattel, but that's what they're talking about. If Guess Who sold a lot of board games this Christmas, Hollywood l- would start looking into it and turning it into a film. I mean, Ridley Scott tried to turn Monopoly into a movie. He gave up, but he had that in development for years. And Hollywood was very pro it because it's a well-known brand. But Mattel are looking at turning Hot Wheels into a movie, and J.J. Abrahams is currently developing oh, it. yes, please. I'm all over that, David. Into, into a movie. So it's like, how would you turn it into a film? You've got to actually think about the plot, the characters. Yeah. But I know that Hot Wheel brand. Love it. And that would get people into cinemas. The, at the moment, they are currently getting ready to film He-Man with the uh, Knee Brothers, who did Lost City for Sandra Bullock. That was a big hit last year. The interesting one is Barney, which is going to s- star Daniel Kaluja. I did pronounce his name correctly. Thank God. That's unlike me. But Barney, apparently, is going to have a Charlie Kaufman oh, A24 vibe. Yes, and it's very different. They're trying to make it like a piece of art. Yeah, yeah. Well, David, thank you so much for this week's movie news. Thank you for the platform, Captain. Thank you for getting that off my chest. David Edwards' Movie Review. So, this week's movie review is... Flight Plan. Flight Plan. I know nothing about it. When did you watch it? How many sittings? What did you eat? And how do you feel? I, um... Do you know what I've got quite into recently? Uh, Seafood sticks. (laughs) You get them from Aldi. They're very cheap. And they're very Moorish. Someone offered me one in, in, in my office where I work. And um, I felt rude not to take one. I was like, oh, thank you for that. I, I thought, did oh, not see that coming. And I thought, oh, there's something in that. There's something, there's something about that. I quite enjoyed it. So you got some seafood sticks. And I saw them in Aldi, and they're incredibly cheap. And I had some of those. And I had... Um, and I, I love hot chocolate, as I've mentioned before with that. Seafood sticks and hot chocolate? All I can do is tell the truth. It was an improvised snack. It wasn't planned in my head. I just found myself um, marrying the sea and chocolate for some reason. Did it work? Um, (laughs) It it did. I'm just a big advocate for seafood sticks. The fishy chocolate? Fishy chocolate, yeah, I don't quite know. I didn't really have them together. It was more like chocolate than seafood sticks. How do they make seafood sticks? I think, you know, I don't know. I think once well, again, you may out. ruin them for me, unfortunately. <laughs> you may bring that love affair to an end. <laughs> seafood steaks, how are they conjured up for my um, taste buds? No, it doesn't matter. How are seafood sticks made? No, it's, uh, we, don't, we don't want to know, do we? Do we want to know? 
People are not happy after learning how crab sticks are made. Oh, God, once again, is anything made purely? I mean, you know, how are Frosties made? Is that is that made by <laughs> illegal gangs in Mexico? Do you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, dear me. It's like... Frosties. It's best never to peer around the curtain. What do they do with the crabs, then? Do they chain them all up? <laughs> and they just get we've a hammer? Got a we've got a motor on. God, we've got a review... <laughs> It's my fault. Um, no, no, so no. So flight it's, it's plan. Important that my eyes are opened up. Flight plan. It's. Yes. Um, when did it come out? It came out in. I have all the information here. It it came out in uh, two thousand and five, September twenty three. Right. Uh, directed by Robert Schwenkka. He's a German, um, and uh, it stars Jodie Foster. And Peter Sasgard as Carson, who uh, turns into an important character, and Sean Bean as Captain Marcus Rich. So there's some interesting people involved in this, uh, very much a psychological thriller. The story is very... How did you feel going into it? Excited? Yes, I was excited. I wanted to see it for a while. Oh, okay. Right. I tell you what, the plot is intriguing. It's basically Jodie Foster um, works for the airline company that she's on the actual plane for. She's one of their architects slash designers. Uh, someone calls her an architect at one point, which is confusing because an architect's usually there to build a building. So I'd say she's more of a um, an airplane designer, really. So she works for them. But most importantly, on this plane is her dead husband, not because he died on the plane. He's in a coffin and he's being transported to where he's going to be buried. Does that make sense? So he died. Yeah, shame, I'm out. Oh, why is that? I'll keep it simple. So there's there's a lot going on there embedded. You know, she works for the airport company. Uh, her dead husband is in the uh, I don't next to the luggage. I don't know, but he's in a coffin. He's been transported, and she has her young child with her aboard the plane. Um, and bizarrely, on the plane, whilst in flight her child suddenly goes missing. And it's like, and obviously she freaks out greatly. And um, Missing on the plane? Yeah, she just suddenly goes, the kid just suddenly out of the blue, it's like, where's my child? Where's a child gone? And um, a lot of people question her mental health because they start going through the admin and the actual uh, bore passes and they can't find actual evidence that the, um, the daughter came on the plane in the first place. So that creates massive um, question marks there. But at the same time, the cabin crew are trying to relax her and say, don't worry, she's probably playing with some other children How at different parts plane? of the plane. Um, it's a large plane and it's got like, um, well, these days, planes have almost got like two kind of like a levels type of thing. But um, yeah, it's a large um, commercial plane. That's what we're focusing on. So straight away, it's very claustrophobic. It's all taking place on the plane. You wonder what on earth has happened with the actual uh, daughter. Jodie Foster is on medication because she's dealing with mental health issues because her husband has just died. Right. So there's a lot of interesting question marks going on. And you wonder where is this going to take us? And... Um, I remember the trailer interesting me. You know, there's a lot of um, hanging question marks. This feels very positive at the moment. It feels like you're... Anyway, carry on. But then after the first hour, more and more is revealed to you, and it becomes more of a formulaic thriller. 
And um, as the question marks are revealed, it is slightly disappointing. I felt not terrible. Jodie Foster's very good in it. You know, it's it's well filmed, lots of close ups, as I say, very claustrophobic, self contained thriller. But it does well, as you've just said, the idea of the um, the dead husband aboard, the idea that she works for the airline. You know, um, the re. It, I don't want to spoil it for people because once I reveal everything, you've seen the film. It's just dumb. Do you know what I mean? And it's very much a case of um, it turns into a money grabbing scheme. So I'm not spoiling it, but it does. It, um, it becomes a formulaic, to a certain extent, cliche thriller. How many sittings? How many sittings? The first hour, one. The second hour, I would say um, nine. No, two. So it's not terrible. Jodie Foster does keep you involved. Let, let's have a little listen to a little bit Please of do. the flight do. plan. She couldn't have reached up there by herself. She's not tall. Somebody has her. That's quite an assumption, Miss Brandt. But how else could her stuff disappear? Can you think of another way? I can ask him, ma'am, but I can't guarantee that he'll see. People do things to little girls, sick things. You know that. I need to talk to the captain. You will go back. Hey, hey. Someone has my daughter. Do you understand? Hey. Captain, I have to speak to you. Captain, I need to speak to you. Behavior's constituting a threat to the safety of this aircraft. I'm not a threat. I need to speak to I'm an to air marshal. Can I let you go? Ah. Yes. Jane Carson. Are you hurt? I just need to see the captain. I understand. That's his call, not yours. All clear, captain. The departure gate had no record of her. No, sir. I had him double check. Okay. So, what 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 was the turning point in this movie without giving anything away that just left you a little flat? Yeah, it's a case of uh, when the main villain is revealed to you, and. Um, I don't know how much I'll need to spoil, really. Yeah, yeah. Tricky question to answer. Tricky question. When the main villain is revealed to you as one of the people in the actual plane, um, and also you find out what's happened to the daughter and all these different elements, it turns into a money-making corporate scheme. They're trying to make her look insane so they can make money out of the situation. It feels very busy with lots of ideas. Yes, it is very busy, and it's lots... Keep it simple. It's very embedded. But I think the thing is, how does a girl vanish on a moving plane in the sky? It does intrigue me what they were doing, but it was just quite cliched. It's like, oh, okay, I've kind of seen this before. Now we're hitting obvious thriller beats. Uh, The idea of her playing uh, with a mental ill. I know the crows in the background are No, it's the beginning of thriller. Oh, there we go. Thriller. Because this is thriller. Yeah. Thriller. thriller. Clap. Thriller. 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 
now. It's now. The old shoulders are moving now. The old shoulders. Do you know, I tried to, I was going to end a um, Brian Gittins show with a thriller dance. Wowzers. And I was, I really, I, what did I? I tried to learn the dance properly. Oh, really? The whole shebang? Yeah, you know that. Oh, yeah, God, yeah, the shoulder uh, pumping. Mm. Giving that energy. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> it was really, really hard. Oh, I, I can imagine. It. I mean, MJ was at his absolute peak then. Yeah, I couldn't keep up with him. He was living it 24 7. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> As an audio medium, I think I should be describing this to the listeners. Do you know what I mean? So, so I can get their full uh, full experience. It was really hard. Because it's a theater. Yeah, I anyway. Can, sort of it, like it, it was hitting the, the, the cliched thriller beats. Absolutely. Simple as that. The, the, the arched leg up in the air. And yeah. um, I mean, you know, when when MJ was in his movements, it was like they were they were fast forwarding. It was one second away from being a Benny Hill sketch, wasn't it? In that he was moving so quickly. Yeah. But um, back to flight so, plan. I mean, it's nice to have an MJ breather. How did Don't it do? How, yeah, sorry, how did it do when it came out? I've never uh, heard of it. Um, box office wise, it did okay. It wasn't a massive flop. September is usually a time whereby you haven't got a hundred percent confidence. It's going to do absolute big guns because it didn't come out in July and August. It didn't come out Christmas. It's that September period. The kids have gone home, gone home. They've gone back to school, which is their other home, uh, home of education. And September is that period whereby you think you can sneak in a little hit type of thing, sort of an adult psychological thriller hit. Yeah, definitely. Oh, is that how it works? Right. Right. One to watch out this September is The Creator, which is um, a big sci-fi film by Gareth Edwards, the guy who did Rogue One and mm. uh, Godzilla. And mm-hmm. you can tell that they're not that confident. It's not a Tom Cruise Mission Impossible film, but it could have legs. And it's more of an adult sci-fi movie type of thing. Because September, you get the sleeper hits primarily. So, David, uh, it's now time to rate um, this random, uh, uh, randomly generated movie, Flight Plan. Is that right, Flight Plan? Flight Plan. Please tell us, how many chalk ices are you going to give it as a five? I would say is your textbook three chalk ices out the fridge. Three chalk ices. It's okay. not terrible. It's well filmed, very claustrophobic close ups. Uh, there's a nice bit with um, condensation on a window. I don't want to ruin, but they mention that in the trailer where there's like um, a symbol, uh, a signal, if you like, left in a pillar to condensation. On a, on, a, on a window. So there are nice plot beats in there. The first hour, because basically you can imagine scriptwriters in a room pitching this to somebody and a producer saying, I like that idea. It's an interesting idea for a movie and a self-contained thriller. And the idea is strong. It does keep you involved. But um, as it 
develops, it does turn into very formulaic thriller fodder. I don't want to ruin it for people, but it's obvious that there's people aboard that were revealed to be villains that also work for the company, and it's about a, a get-rich-quick scheme, and it's it just starts hitting very obvious thriller beats. It's almost <laughs> so they give yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, okay. boom. David, thank you so much for this week's movie review thank you for your time captain thank you for your time david edwards movie tips so david have you got any uh, movie tips this week Movie tips, I definitely say there's two film trailers to definitely check out that are going to be very important in um, the end of 2023 going into 2024. The new trailer for Wonka, the new Paul King uh, film, has come out. The guy who directed Paddington, and it's a big Warner Brothers film. It's divided people. Timothy uh, Chamay, the guy, the chap from June, is going Chimay? to play uh, Chamay. You're quite right. He's going to play Young oh. Wonka, and it's a pretty As you cool talk, film. David, I'm just going to have a little watch. So carry on. Uh, Keep talking. Absolutely. So it's starring uh, Timothy Chimay, and it's by Paul King, the guy who directed uh, Paddington, and Farnaby, uh, Paul King's co-writer for Paddington. Simon Farnaby is also... Um, uh, writing it and it's a prequel basically looking at the early days of Wonka and um, one early bit that's really interesting is that you get an Oompa Loompa uh, played by Hugh Grant that appears at the end lots of big stars in them in there Olivia Coleman appears in it interestingly she's going to be in Paddington 3 which is revealed quite recently. But, well, um, so why is this? Why is this divided, people? Some people find it slightly disappointing in the, what, in the trailer. The, yeah. Well, I would say a music sequence was revealed at CinemaCon, and a lot of the critics um, said they uh, weren't quite um, amazed. It wasn't quite as spectacular as they thought. The actual music sequences felt a bit cliched and not as inventive. But having said that, the trailer has been met with a lot more excitement. And also, I think um, Paul King... I'd be quite surprised if he doesn't come up with the goods because, I mean, the Paddington films are amazing and it's the same writers of, uh, of Paddington. And um, Timothy Chimay is usually quite uh, picky with his kind of material and what he decides to actually be in. So Matt Lucas is in it. Matthew Bainton's in it. There's a lot of big stars uh, in there. So lot Tom of, Davis is in it. Tom Davis. There's a lot of big British stars in there. Rowan Atkinson, blimey. Yeah, Rowan Atkinson's in the trailer a lot. So there's a lot of um, kind of British stars. You can see Paul King hasn't like cut away from his kind of like British um, talent. And also Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa. So, I mean, a lot going on there. But it's a big, big Christmas release. Big Christmas release. Interesting. Can't wait to see what you think of that when it comes out. And what's the other trailer? The other trailer is um, Ridley Scott whacking phoenix and it's a big budget napoleon movie ridley scott whacking phoenix napoleon and it's a movie. big 
budget it's financed by apple plus but apple plus are going to give it a big theatrical release before it's streamed so it's not going to go straight to streamer it's built into the contract that you get a decent theatrical release of it okay i'm looking at it now so how did you feel when you watched the trailer of napoleon i felt it's got a lot of um potential big epic ridley scott visuals there's something there that didn't entirely tick my box it's almost as though i didn't find the character as fascinating as i would have thought i would have i don't know what it is quite yet but it's almost like the visuals look great lots of tracking shots of him on his horse but there's almost as though i didn't find the character moments as um igniting as i'd hope this is this is from this is from a trailer this is from so a trailer. Aren't trailers utterly irrelevant. In what way, kind of? Well, it's, it has sort of no relationship to the 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 movie, is it? It's just a little taster to get you. But it's the whole marketing behind it, and it's the whole kind of thinking behind it, and yeah, it's all a trick, isn't it? You can't well, have you an opinion on that. the movie from the trailer, can you? Um. Can you? I suppose. No, 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 absolutely. But I mean, as you said, you said, what did you think of the trailer? Do you know what I mean? Sorry. No, sorry, no, no. David. No, no, God, no, 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 no. Not at all. Sorry. No, not absolutely, at all. absolutely, you're right. No, absolutely, that, that you're wasn't, right. That wasn't a, uh, a catty, Nicholas nitpicking kind of... Um, yeah. uh, oh, I liked it, but... Uh, but, you know, you, you asked me one thing and then you slapped me around the face with the other. You either love me or hate me, one or the other, please so okay so the movie from the trailer didn't exactly grab hold of your testicles and drag uh, you to the it's cinema it's got to be said but as you rightly say that is not the film so I, I'm, I'm still holding with painted breath and excitement to actually watch it painted breath painted breath um, is that is word? that a phrase um, probably, probably not I probably rustled that up from nowhere painted you right. breath you know the trailer um, it's a trick isn't it it's, it's there to painted seduce breath. you it's not the real thing Baited breath. Baited breath. You're breath. quite right. Sometimes you they say things. I've never heard of them. I have to check in case. Well, and for sometimes both of our sanity. Exactly. Sometimes you are correct and something, sometimes I am correct. So it's always worth... You are quite right. A lot of the time, sir, when it comes to words, I think we do need to Google them so we have an understanding <laughs> of what I'm verbalising and saying. Yeah. But you are... I mean, you're totally right. I mean, in the sense that when they do the movie trailer um, awards, one of the main awards is... Uh, a film that turned out to be appalling, but the trailer was absolutely fantastic. So that is the art form of trailers. I tell you, we're looking at Napoleon. The one thing I don't like is sort of that bleached out colour. I'm like, oh, and it's a bit done now, isn't it? That, that kind of yeah, style. Yeah, like, oh, I don't know if I can watch two hours of that. Just that drab kind of grey. I do know what you mean. I mean, Ridley Scott is the king of visuals, isn't it? But when it's just that that constant palette, that specific look, and it's the entire movie, it could become a little tiresome. Don't get me wrong. It looks visually incredible. It's the guy, the gladiator. I mean, flipping yeah. it, the guy's in his late 70s. He's only just wrapped that, and he started Gladiator 2. Already, yeah. it's, well, it's pause now filming. The guy the is 85. That is, in, you are, you must be kidding me. You must no, be kidding me. That's incredible. Flipping hell. He Ridley only Scott just wrapped that he's movie. 85. 
I mean, that's just berserk that he's filmed that. And now he's in the middle of Gladiator 2, these two massive epics. He does not look 85 at all. All I can think is he has an incredibly good crew and team that um, look after the day-to-day administration of these movies because they're just enormous. 85? Yeah, I know. I mean, he must be a vampire. He must be sucking on people's blood on the Hollywood streets. It is just incredible. Full stop. Unbelievable. Fair play to him. Fair play to Ridley Scott. Oh, indeed. I mean, God, I mean, he's going to be leaving a lot of money to his kids. It is interesting that his daughter and his son have both done films, but they've never gone on to do another one. It's almost as though his iconic name is almost just too much on their shoulders to then carry on and make other movies. I think Jake Scott's gone on to do TV stuff. And, you know, they've clearly got Terry talent Scott and ability. did um, sitcoms. Oh, did he? I on. never knew that. Yeah, he did carry on Terry Scott and Terry and June. Really? No. <laughs> I was going to say, because Tony Scott did Top Gun no. movies, his brother. Yeah, I suddenly thought, God, was there another brother who did sitcoms? Well, thank you so much, David, for this week's movie tips. Thank you, Captain. Thank you. David Edwards, Random Movie Generator. So, David, this week's random movie generator section and um, Mandy is chugging away in the background and you're not talking at the moment. Oh, I'm not talking at the moment. To Mandy? Oh, no. no um, well, to a certain degree type of thing. We well, haven't I, said hello to her or anything. Well, I, I was... No, it's I just been be, a bit weird and cold Yeah, the last there couple is of weeks. a cold element in, in the room sort of thing. I was waiting for her. If she's going to talk to me, I'll talk to her. It's a, it sounds childish. It's as simple as that. But um, it's a case whereby I'll, I'll interact with her. I have, I'm, not like the, I'm not like the actors in Hollywood. I'm not against artificial intelligence. I'm not, you know. But it's as simple as, um, yeah, she's got to meet me halfway every now and then. I was knocking on her garage door. Uh, that's not an innuendo, by the way, over the week. And um, there was no reply from her. So I've, I, I, I said a morning to her for, for a letterbox. She's got a back turn to you. Yeah, that's why I ain't talking to her. And I know I'm okay. talking like a pirate cockney again for some reason. And also my voice is gone and that means I'm emotional. Like I was about <laughs> the writer's strike earlier. Okay, so it's time to pick the movie that you're going to be reviewing next week. And I bloody love this bit, David. Absolutely. Well, I was in my head then when I wasn't speaking to her. I was thinking, God, what will I get? I'm on tender hooks. I went into my random generator Let's anxiety brain. good and Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd like to have something that I can really get my teeth into, get my canines into. Okay, David, So here, here are the genres. And um, it's, you just let me know, or let Mandy know, sorry, when to stop spinning the genres in her belly. Stop. Drama. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Okay, and now the decade, Mandy, is spinning 
decades in her tummy, the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s, and you've got to tell her when to stop. Stop. 1970s. Now, uh, 1970s drama, that is, if you can imagine a cat, it gets very excited just before its bowl of food's given to it. That's how I feel right now. Seventies <laughs> drops, sort of, you know, their big uh, tongues come out and they lick their whiskers. That really is how I'm feeling. Okay, Mandy, please generate four dramatic movies from the nineteen seventies, please. Mandy's dream, uh, generated four movies. She's spinning them around in her stomach, and it's now time for you to tell her when to stop spinning. Stop. Badlands. Oh, God, amigo. That's hot stuff. That's Terrence Malick's, um, I think it's his first or second film, and he never made one for years after that, with Martin Sheen. And uh, who's the woman who played Carrie? Pepe, Sissy Spacek. Sissy Spacek. Um, Spacek. Spacek. There we go. That will this be is interesting. exciting. You. That's very the cat exciting. Is licking oh, the cream. Goodness me, the cat's but got all the cream. The owner of the cream is pulling the cream away from the cat. It's not quite your cream yet, little feline. <laughs> I'm making that that the you know other meowing when cats make those moaning meows. It's oh, be quiet, you four-legged yeah. beast. Yeah, yeah like that. No, it's mine. Get back, right, let's, Percy. Let's choose the the other three movies that you could have chosen. Oh, were yes. The Tenant, Saturday Night Fever, and The Stalker. Saturday Night Tar- Fever would be an interesting one. Tarkovsky's Stalker. Oh, Tarkovsky's Stalker. That would have been good. Well, Saturday Night Fever as well. Yeah, um, that would have been incredibly good. The great Tenant, bunch. what's okay. that one about? Okay. A tenant who lives in a building. He's fallen by so, his rent, clearly. So let's let's choose the genre of the second movie that you might be reviewing next week. Mandy is spinning them around. Time to for her, time for you to tell her when to stop. Stop. Musical. Okay. It's got potential. Got yeah, potential. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. you know, hundred percent against it. And now we choose the decade, Mandy. Stop. Two thousand twenties. Okay. Modern, fresh, and new. Please uh, create four m- musicals from the two thousand twenties, Mandy. And she has done. And she's spinning around in her belly. And it's time for you to tell her when to stop stop zombies 2 zombies 2 is that a Japanese um, film it sounds horrific zombie not because it's Japanese goodness me but just the idea of a sequel no I don't think so it's a TV movie romance called zombies 2 the poster looks horrendous Dear God, Absolutely what a handful. horrendous. I'm not sure where I even find it, Zombies 2, do you know what I mean? Oh, you'll find it. Yeah, the okay. internet will find it for me. Let's choose the genre of the third movie that you might be reviewing next week. Stop. Thriller. Ooh. Yes, please. Yes, please. I'm back in and that now, graveyard dancing. And now the decade of that movie. 
Stop. 1990s. Thriller 1990s. We're in a safe patch there. Here we go, okay, people. Okay, out comes the cat tongue. Okay, absolutely. The cat tongue is out. I'm scraping at the side of the kitchen cupboard with my claws. Mandy, please generate four thriller movies from the 1990s. She has done. It's over to you, David. She's spinning them around in her belly. Please tell her when to stop. Stop. Desperado. Okay, not bad. Uh, the Al Mariachi sequel, uh, directed by Robert Rodriguez, um, Antonio Banderas. That ain't bad. That could, I, I could see the other halfway. movies that you yeah, missed please out Please do, please do. Candyman. I've never seen that, Candyman. Rising Sun. Oh, that's a, is that a Pierce Brosnan? Sean Connery and Wesley Snipes. Oh, Sean Connery and Wesley Snipes. Oh, remember that well. That I'm was a Michael Crichton. Innocent. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. I really would have wanted to have seen that. Oh, yeah. Bollocks. That's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, that's annoying. Harrison Ford. I'd love to have seen that with adult eyes, because I remember seeing that as a youngster and thinking, well... This isn't very good. This isn't, you know, this isn't Harrison yeah. Ford fun. But a lot of people say it's, it's being remade into a TV show now, actually, with Jake Gyllenhaal as we speak. So that would have been interesting. Bloody hell. Okay, well, here are the movies. Badlands, Zombies 2, Desperado. I've mixed them all up, or have I? And it's now your turn. I've given them an A, B, and C. I've mixed them all up, or have I? And it's now your turn to choose which movie you'll be reviewing next week. Is it going to be A, B, or C? B. Zombies. Oh, for goodness sake, why didn't you mix them up? Goodness me. But Zombie 2, that was number two. I, I, I put C, B, and A. I mixed them up that way. C, B, and A. What did I just do? <laughs> Flipping hell, even I'm annoyed. Except I'm not. Zombies 2 will be very interesting to hear what it's like. Zombies too. Dumb. What have I done? Sorry, I got a bit attacking then, didn't I? Why yeah, you, you mix did. them yeah, up? Yeah, a little bit. It's all right. I'm used to it. I'm ready. <laughs> I do apologise for that. Can we just take a moment for me to apologise? Hit the pause. No, it's all right. I have to. When I'm about to reveal the bad movie, I have to get ready with my weapons, my armoury. You don't turn up on a Saturday morning to be um, victimised and abused by a. Uh, Sorry, that was a bit uh, childlike. The, the infant in me came out then. Zombies too. What a disaster. Yeah, don't I, take it out on me. I didn't make the abs- bloody movie. Absolutely. There was a bit Zombies of a di- 2 is a 2020 American musical and dance Disney Channel original movie. Oh, Disney Channel. I'd be something there. For crying out yeah, loud. I don't. I'm not sure there'll be anything there, but maybe. I apologise to the no, people not at Disney. All. Not at all. No. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, I thought you'd mix them up. Yeah, I thought you mixed them up. I have mixed them up, mate. I mixed up A and C. And I say that sometimes I don't mix them up. I turned into Ray Winston from Neil by Mouth then, wasn't it? It's like domestic abuse, not good. And um, it's 192 minutes long. It's not. It is not 192. Disney doesn't make anything that's 192 minutes. 
No way is that 192 you know what, minutes Before long. we leave, I better make sure I actually know, you know, what this film is and where it is and things like that, because... Um, no, it's not. It's one hour 24. Jesus Christ. You know, I've still got these those battery chickens <laughs> stuck on my screen. It's, I just can't it's get one rid of them. one hour 24, David. One hour 24. Thank you. You knock that out before you can say uh, Jonathan Robinson or whatever it is. Yeah. Do you know, we were talking, isn't that funny? We were talking about Michael J. Fox, Michael J. Fox, Michael Jackson dancing in graveyards. And without knowing it, we were foreshadowing it like a great movie. But that in exact fact is what I'm going to be spending my time doing tonight, watching zombies dancing to a beat. It could be well, worse Well, it's directed things. by Paul Hohen, who, who directed Disney Zombies, Andy Mack, Let It Shine, and Camp Rock 2. So that's what you're... Uh, do you know what? You know, if it's done by Disney, there's some hope there. At least it comes to a decent brand. I thought it was going to be a horrific kind of B-movie exploitation film. But, I mean, there's some hope there. So I do, I move forward with with hope and faith. It's not Terence Malick's Badlands, which is an all-time classic, admittedly. But, you know, you can't, this cat can't have all the milk. No, doesn't have any of the milk, does he? The only right, eats some milk on his Thank frosties. you so much. Thank you so much for listening this week and for downloading this podcast really yes. appreciate no, it thank you for your time and your energy and your passion 100 yeah, thank you sorry we can't do the patreon this week we'll, we'll do a double one next week so apologies Absolutely. about that um no thank you so much and uh, let me see so instant we're on instagram random movie generator and twitter random movie pod please get yourselves on please oh actually let's read up some read up some reviews quickly david quickly. oh yeah 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 please 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 okay let's read up I'm some reviews now i'm not i'm biting the okay. hand for this right these are some reviews we've had on this is on itunes so tell us when to stop randomly and we'll read it out tell us when to stop david oh stop Stop, stop, stop. This is from Stephen's Armchair. Goes without saying, I love every iteration of the Edwards and Earl universe. But to be able to hear David Edwards talk about his true passion and for him to share with us his extensive filming knowledge is such a gift. And the lols keep coming too. 24-7. Oh, thank you very much, Stephen's Armchair. Stephen's Armchair, that is an armchair I'd love to sit on. I'll ask you beforehand. I wouldn't just suddenly sit on your lever, lever light lap. But thank you so much for that. 100%. Thank let's, you very let's, much. Let's get another one, David. Tell us when to stop. Stop. A must listen from Biggie Red One. A must listen five stars. David O and David Edwards are a match made in movie heaven. In this almost otherworldly podcast, they're starring multiple characters, a robot, and actual real in depth and technical movie reviews. A brilliant, unique pod. Oh, and it's hilarious. Thank you very much, Biggie Red. Do you know what? When I have Biggie Red, when I have a dip at some point this week, and it happens, an emotional dip, someone has triggered a negative feeling inside my body, I will think of that review and it will be like free Prozac. It will just ignite me with hope and just lust for life. Thank you. Let's do one more, David. Please, please. Tell me when to stop the random review moment. Stop. Morning, Captain. This is from Hatcher Schmatcher. Five stars. Wonderful pod. David Edwards is a comedy genius and knows his movies to boot. I wouldn't give myself the big G title, but, you know, thank you, sir. Thank you. And I'm not just saying that like some bloody robot on repeat. 
do you know what I mean? This comes from the bloody soul and the heart. There ain't any AI cloning going on right now. Don't swear. Absolutely. We don't need to. I've, I've ruined it. That was a lovely moment. You didn't I've swear. It's just, oh, did it, I? No, no, it's just talking about in the future. Yes, absolutely. In the future, don't swear, please. As you walk into <laughs> right. the future of our Thank lives. you so much, David. And thank you, everyone, for watching on YouTube. Appreciate it. Yeah, and thank I'll you so and much. And edit and get them all out like the, uh, the one we did in the week. I'll get them out next week. Uh, but thank you, David, and I look forward to talking to you in the week. To do, are we doing it this week? Absolutely, Wednesday deep dive time. We've got our yeah. oceanology snorkels at the ready to deep dive into the ocean yeah. film. Yeah. So Patreon uh, this week on Wednesday night at seven thirty, we're doing our deep dive of Over the Top, Sylvester Stallone's Over the Top. That's right, isn't it? Cannot wait. The arm yeah. wrestling epic. And I'll, I'll put it up on Patreon, put the link up. So please join us. But uh, in the meantime, have a lovely week and have a lovely week. And we'll see you next week. Cheers, David. Thank you for your time, people. It's an honor. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. Serial salute. Serial salute. Bye. Serial salute with a spoon. There you go. Have your frosties. Why do you do it with a spoon. Because oh, you eat it with the, you eat the cereal. Why do you eat it with a spoon? Um, I don't know. Random. Random.